the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Not only did Jesus say the very words of Scripture are inspired by God, but even the choice of the tense of a verb was chosen by God to reveal what God wanted revealed to us. Story is told of a Christian rabbi who said you will find Jesus in every page, chapter, verse, sentence, word, and if you look hard enough, you'll see him in between the letters. Welcome to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. Today we continue our series, The Bible, Can It Be Trusted? We invite you to join us. We'll be in Matthew chapter 22, as well as Exodus chapter 3 from Church of the Highlands here in San Bruno. Here's Pastor Leighton Sheely with today's broadcast of Study Verse by Verse. At Highlands, people don't come for feel-good sermons. They want to know what the Bible says. They want to know what God's opinion is, even if it's confrontational. We believe that the entire Bible is the inspired Word of God. And that men of God were moved by the Holy Spirit to write the very words of Scripture. Now, what does that mean? There are different considerations, different thoughts people have about the levels of inspiration. Some people think that a person was sitting around thinking about God, had some lofty thoughts about God, and wrote those ideas down. So the ideas themselves weren't inspired. In in fact, the subject wasn't even inspired. What was inspired was thinking about God. There are the people that dialed it in a little bit more and, and think that maybe God came and tapped somebody on the shoulder and said, I want you to write about such and such a subject. And so that person starts writing about that subject that God has asked him to write about. Now, the subject is inspired, but the words, the actual words, are not. And yet there are others who believe that it's the very words of Scripture that are inspired. That God chose and prepared that writer in such a way that the words that writer wrote or said were the very words that God wanted to say. We at Highlands believe that the very words of the Bible are the very words God wanted to say. And the reason that we do is because we're a Christian church. We follow Christ's example. And Christ believed that the very words that were written were the very words of God. And Jesus Christ wasn't just another person. John, the apostle, writes, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word was God, who became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word was Jesus. Jesus was God. Jesus is God. Therefore, when Jesus speaks, God is speaking. 
because Jesus is God. So Jesus' opinions are God's opinions, and we need to listen to what Jesus has to say. Now, what did Jesus have to say about the importance of Scripture? Well, Jesus taught that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The word to us that proceeds from the mouth of God has been recorded for us in the Bible, and that's why we call the Bible the Word of God. In order for us to truly live, we must not only ingest physical bread, but also spiritual bread, which is received through God's Word. If we do not eat physical bread, which at that time was a staple, then we're going to grow physically weak. And if we don't ingest spiritual bread, we're going to grow spiritually weak. And if we do that long enough, it leads to death. Jesus said that ingesting the Word of God was important for life. Now, what did Jesus have to say about the inspiration of the Scripture? Well, I had mentioned earlier to turn to chapter 22 of Matthew. And so let's look at that chapter. Chapter 22, it's a fascinating passage. Let's begin at verse 23. The same day, Sadducees came to him who say that there is no resurrection. Stop right there. Sadducees, who are they? I mentioned the Pharisees, one of the three groups. The Sadducees was another of the three groups, the main groups that crucified Jesus. These were professional religious people. They didn't really believe in religion. They didn't believe in life after death. They, they did provide religious services for a fee. That's how they made their money. It was just simply business for them. So they don't believe in the resurrection. They believe that this is all you get. And they asked Jesus a question saying, Teacher, Moses said, If a man dies having no children, his brother must marry the widow and raise up children for his brother. Now there were seven brothers among us. The first married and died, and having left no children, having no children, left his wife to his brother. And so to the second and the third, down to the seventh. And after them all, the woman died. Question. In the resurrection, therefore, of the seven, whose wife will she be, for they all had her. Case of multiple marriages, they all die, go to heaven. Who, who's married? And Jesus answered them, saying, You are wrong, because you know neither the Scriptures nor the power of God. So what does not knowing the Scriptures produce? Wrong. We're wrong if we don't know the Scriptures or the power of God. For in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. That's why, by the way, when a preacher is doing a wedding ceremony, he uses the phrase, until death do you part. Because at death, the marriage covenant is terminated. And that's why the surviving partner is uh, free to remarry. So they're not going to be marriage in heaven. As for the resurrection of the dead, so Jesus continues on. He takes care of their question, then he goes to the real root of the problem here. They didn't believe in resurrection of the dead. As for the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was said to you by God? Who said it? God. I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. And when the crowd heard it, they were astonished at his teaching. <gasps> so he says, this is the word of God, and he quotes the Old Testament. What is he saying? The Old Testament is the word of God. Now he's quoting from Exodus chapter 3. So let's take our Bibles and turn to Exodus chapter 3. 
And by the way, if someone asks you about Jesus and what he taught about the inspiration of scriptures, you can point them right to this chapter so you know where to go in answer to that question. Exodus chapter 3 and, and, uh, and uh, Matthew chapter 22 referring back to Exodus chapter 3. Isn't it great, by the way, that we have new Christians in our church, the, the baptisms, and every week we have people coming in, which means that they may not be familiar with the Scriptures. So don't hesitate to look at the table of contents if you need to find a particular book that I'm referencing. Exodus is the second book of the Bible found in the Old Testament. We're looking at chapter 3. It's the story of the scene of Moses and the burning bush. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, and yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. And when the Lord, when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see... God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Now, that Jesus had been asked a question about life after death from the Sadducees who did not believe in life after death. And so Jesus' purpose here was to show them that the Bible taught, God's Word taught, life after death. And he did that by referring to this passage found in the Old Testament. So how does this passage teach life after death? Look at the passage, and how do you see it teaching life after death? Well, let me, if you haven't found it yet, let me, let me help you. It's found in one word, the word am. Small word, two letters, very important word. I am the God of your Father. You see, this event of Moses meeting God at the burning bush took place 400 years after the life and death of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, if there was no life after death, and they had ceased to exist, as the Sadducees thought, then God should have said, I was the God of your fathers. Past tense, because they had ceased to exist. But God said, I am the God of your fathers, present tense, meaning they had not ceased to exist, even though they no longer lived in this world and we couldn't see them in this world. Not only did did Jesus say the very words of Scripture are inspired by God, but even the choice of the tense of a verb was chosen by God to reveal what God wanted to reveal to us. I am the God of your fathers. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 17, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. 
Now, when he uses the definitive article, the, he made it clear to his audience that he was speaking about the law of God, the word of God, the Bible, the scriptures. The iota is the smallest letter of the Greek alphabet. So he's saying not even the smallest letter has no value. It will come to fruition. It will come to pass. And the dot literally means a little horn. It's like a serif. You know, when we have computers today, we have serif fonts and sans serif fonts. All it is is a serif, but it was used to distinguish one Hebrew letter from another. So even the smallest letter or the smallest part of the smallest letter was inspired by God and is the Word of God. Jesus taught everything in God's Word down to the smallest part was God's Word. Every book, every chapter, every paragraph, sentence, word, letter, and even in between those letters. The Word of God is truly amazing, is it not? This is Study Verse by Verse coming to you from Church of the Highlands here in San Bruno with our teacher and pastor, Leighton Sheely. To learn more, simply visit our website, highlands.us. Again, highlands.us. You'll get a good idea as to who we are, what we believe, and why, and opportunities to worship with us. Again, highlands.us. Tomorrow, more on the Bible. Can it be trusted? Here on Study Verse by Verse. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.